Hey everybody and welcome to this episode of the AdSkills Pro podcast. This is the podcast where we delve deep into the minds of media buyers from around the planet. We look at their triumphs, the tragedies, the wins, the losses, but the ultimate success of these marvellous media buyers, wherever they happen to be around the world, from whatever backgrounds they happen to be around the world. And that's what makes this so interesting and so exciting to see people from all sorts of different backgrounds, all sorts of different skill sets making their way in the world of media buying. And to that end, we've got a very special guest for you today. Thrilled to have Scott Bradley on the call. Scott, welcome and thanks so much for taking the time to speak to all of us today. Great to see you, Ed. It's great to be here. Yeah, awesome. Now, Scott, we do like to start out. I'm I'm always interested because as I always say on this uh, podcast, none of us decided that we wanted to be a media buyer when we grew up because let's face it, it didn't exist when we were growing up. So what did you want to do when you grew up? What did you do your training in and, and schooling? And what did, what, where did you start out before media buying? That's actually a really great question, Ed. And it's kind of has a very interesting story. I was actually born in Southern California. So, you know, whether you're born in California, Texas, Arizona, whatever, sports yep. becomes a big part of your life typically as a kid. Yes. So that's kind of where things started for me. Um, worked really hard, did a lot of time playing sports, working hard, committed, practice, all of that stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually, um, in that time of playing sports, going to school and just growing up in that area, I got a passion for like roller coasters. And uh, hilariously enough and interestingly enough, um, when I was in high school, I said, well, I think I want to go and design roller coasters and do whatever that is. So yeah. hilariously enough, around my sophomore year in high school, across the book Rich Dad Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. I read that book and said, uh-oh, uh, this roller coaster thing may not be the thing for me. I think I'm going to go into the business world. <laughs> yeah. So that was kind of the ushering into the business world. And eventually one thing led to the next over a long period of time, you know, went to, went to college, got into the business world. But all of the marketing stuff is really what interested me the most, mainly whether it was building an email list, writing copy, building websites, the idea of building a business online, leveraging all the assets to then create a business result, that was always in my universe around college time. So where does the media buying come into place? Well, I've been working online for clients as a freelancer pretty much since 07, 08. And I started with just typical social media stuff, content creation, Uh, marketing funnel building, doing launches. Um, But I never, ever, ever added the media buying skill set, at least a formal skill set. So things evolved one thing to the next. Eventually, uh, we got into the COVID lockdown. And it was like, well, there's going to be all this money going focus on an offline model coming onto an online model. And I formally have never really been trained as a media buyer, if you will. So I said, you know what? I'm going to add this skill set to my tool belt and go all in on the jumpstart program that Justin was promoting at that time. Yes. And I said, I'm going to go in, I'm going to commit, I'm going to get certified quickly, and I'm going to add this as a service on top of what I was already doing. So, yeah. you know, if really at the end of the day, how I was packaging myself with clients was, look, I'll help you with everything except the pretty pictures and the hardcore technical back end. And when we get to the media buying stuff, 
we'll add that in as necessary. But there, most of the people I was working with, they had a foundation that needed to be fixed first before mm-hmm. the media stuff ever became relevant. So yeah. that's kind of how I got into this world. But yep. the passion for marketing, passion for measurement, passion for results, it's always been there. Interesting, interesting. And so with the jumpstart, so you, you thought, right, let's bring media buying as this package. And this is something that we're very passionate about at AdSkills is that media buying, if you, you know, as we often say, you know, if you bring the uh, traffic horse to the water, but it doesn't want to drink, then you're the one who gets sacked. <laughs> right? Because, Correct. Exactly. Right? Exactly. <laughs> because it's because you know you you don't have you've got to start thinking about you know conversion and what's happening on their landing pages and what's happening on their their thing because you can as you can say you can show them the numbers you can show them that but often uh, you know people are meant to not shoot the messenger but occasionally they do shoot the messenger <laughs> and it's and, not the- and that was why a lot of the client work that I was doing as the freelance marketer or a freelance person that was part of in yeah. a sense I would work with the CEO of the company as kind of like the guy behind the curtain that was helping everything go. It was like, how can we create our systematic processes in how we generate revenue, generate leads, generate customers. So when we added the fuel on the fire with the paid ads, it actually worked with copy offer angles, whatever, whether we were doing like a constant marketing campaign through organic traffic. And we were using that to drive to a lander for a lead or a lander for a product. Um, but we never, I never got to that. Let's spend money until, you know, in the last 12 months or so. Yeah. 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 So what do you see? Do you work with a particular, do you like to specialize in a particular type of business? That's or? a great question. Actually, ultimately a lot of the past work that I've done before I added the media buying skill set mm. has mainly been in the subject matter expert market. Uh, typically either in the business, a business book writer or, you know, another specialty. Um, one of the guys that I worked with, he's in the breath holding. He's actually the Guinness world record for the longest breath hold underwater. And he does full big things for breathing education, you know, recovery. So there's a wide gamut of the subject matter experts that I was working with, but all of them dealt with the same problem. How do I generate the the leads and the sales process to get them people to buy my product. So when I added this whole new media buying thing, I realized that there were so many other different niches that I could go after, but the approach and how you go with them, it's the same. It's what's your offer? Who's the market? What do we know about the market? That's going to dictate the copy that we use in the ads on the landers and everything. And therefore Mm -hmm. let's run the campaign. Let's get some data and let's iterate off of that data. So when it comes to, the meet more of the media buying focus and less of what I was doing in my past. Um, mm. I'm still trying to figure out what niches I like to work with. So that's why, at least at this moment, I'm open to exploring whether it's mm. personal injury attorney or um, health insurance or, you know, all these guys that are great at what they do, but they don't necessarily have the skills, the tool sets, the gamut of what they need to really make the paid media work for them. Yeah. So, hey, but what did you find, and let, let's talk about the, uh, you know, the subject area experts and people may raise an eyebrow at breath, but it, that's a huge market now. That whole breathing, uh, breathing thing is a big deal. So there you go. It just goes to show that there's money to be made in 
all sorts of niches. But what did you learn in that expert market? What were they doing when you added this media buying skill set? What were what mistakes were well maybe not mistakes or what things were they missing that you realize ah right once you did this jump start and you looked at this what were they trying to do that meant that their media buying efforts before you came along weren't so hot what that's what, actually what a great question i think there? i think in that market the very first thing that you need to help the subject matter expert understand is the money is not in the book they're selling the money mm-hmm. is in the audience that the book is going to generate for you and you should be thinking about whatever you're going to do on the front end to sell the book, that's almost a sunk cost in order to get the people to read, engage, like what you're saying. So then they're going to be even more engaged after the fact. And we all know that the moment the audience is built, the moment the email list is built from all the readers and everything that you do to do that, that audience becomes an asset that can be dropped into Facebook, spun into a lookalike audience, you know, Mm -hmm. done retargeting, blah, blah, blah. So mm. it's first getting them to realize the money's not in the book. The money mm. is in the audience that the book creates. And yeah. then the thing would be making the process simplistic and easy to understand for that audience that is in that second bucket that read the book, that likes what you're saying, that you know, they already love you, know you, like you, and trust you. And then you build that marketing, the marketing architecture around the serving of that audience and that, that then you add the media buying element because you're going to get all your data, all your customer details about who's reading my book, what, what's important to them. That then's going to drive the copy. That's going to drive the ads. That's going to drive the landing pages. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the more you know about that audience that you built, then it becomes a natural progression to, okay, let's start spending $100 a day for data so we mm-hmm. can then drive either the programs you're selling, the coaching you're selling, the digital products, or even, you know, in some instances, I think um, now the breathing guy, I don't work with him anymore, but the breathing guy has, you know, a special breathing oxygen thing. So there's so many avenues you can take from just in that subject matter expert world that Mm -hmm. typically in most cases starts with a book and a PR campaign and or content marketing organically, Mm -hmm. but you can scale that through many layers with the paid media and yeah. I like I'll tell you when I was going through the jump start and seeing one of the most the most important things I felt in that whole entire course was the market research aspect. I mean, you know, you get to a point and I've kind of gotten there where you know how to set up the ads, you know how to navigate through Facebook, you know how to turn the things on, turns the things off. But when you dive into like, what is my market thinking? What are the real problems? What's the problem beyond the problem? Where do mm-hmm. these people hang out? How can I actually reach this group via Google AdSense if I were to use the Google you know, display network or if I were to use pay-per-click? So that market research portion in that was so valuable for me mm-hmm. because it took what I thought I knew about media buying and took it to the next level for me to add even more value to the people I work with. It's a mantra that we have, you know, a goal that we try to set for, set for people throughout ad skills is that you know your clients' customers better than they do. Because if you can be that person, then that's a great way to client job security. And I've actually used that line many times. It's like, you know, Rob, we know our people better than they know themselves, and that's going to help us write better copy, engage more deeply, get them to be more. Because 
if you think about it, every piece you put in front of somebody, it's an opportunity to get them closer to you or get them to push away. So the copy and stuff that you do resonates, the more effective you're going to be over the long run. It was interesting. Something I picked up in when you were talking about the the stuff that you were learned. One of the things that I think a lot of, not just in the expert industries and information marketing, although that it's very prevalent there, is there's this perception of, I just want to take cold leads and I just want them to buy my stuff immediately. <laughs> right? Yeah, and I see you just burst out laughing there, right? Um, and that to me is, is one of the, because what you described there was that great, you know, as you say, that, that stepping layer of getting people to read your stuff, to engage with your stuff, to get to know you building those lists on that basis and then using, as you mentioned, retargeting and all those sorts of things uh, and nurturing to then make the offers there. And I think that's a, that's a, that's something to me that I, th- I think a lot of clients of all of our media buying uh, organisations, that's an expectation that you have to to change in a lot, right. of, a lot of cases because that ROI will make a big, big difference. Hey, Scott, is there an example of uh, a client work that you've done uh, with Jumpstart that uh, sort of illustrates some of these uh, things that we've been talking about? So the very first project that I actually got from, um, you know, I got certified and then yep. I was I was reaching out to some of the past people that I worked with, um, either that I knew personally. I said, hey, I'm adding this service as part of my mm-hmm. skill set. Um, my first person that I started working with, I actually got a referral. Um, he said, hey, this guy's traffic guy just completely jumped ship. He's going to need someone. So you're yep. kind of coming in as the guy to save the day, if you will. So in that, I went in there and got, he was in the, uh, he was working with a chiropractor that was working and selling a, like a weight loss program during the COVID situation. Mm-hmm. And I was looking at the campaign that the previous guy set up. And I'm just like, my God, this was a total disaster. You know, it was like he was optimizing video views only and the targeting was so wide and so unfocused. I said, we need to hone this in. We need to have a lot more focused effort um, Mm -hmm. for the money that you're spending for this project. So Mm -hmm. the fun little result that I got within like a 24 hour period was I said, look, we're going to turn off only video views. We're going to go desktop and mobile for a very specific set of interests. And mm-hmm. I think in the 24 hour period, I took like the lead cost that was coming in at $57 a lead down to like, I think it was less than $12 or five, you know, 12 wow. to $8, just in yep. that 24 hour period with that instant tweak that was made. Um, yep. You know, and for me, I was looking, I'm like, where's the waste? What do we need to pull away? How do we no. focus in? And, you know, I'm just a very result oriented, bottom line oriented person. So, you know, if I'm going to spend somebody's money, I'm going to spend it as if it's my money from the position of the business owner that I'm working with. So Mm. that was kind of something that, you know, when you see in the jumpstart, how they structure the campaigns, Mm -hmm. you know, because I had no knowledge. I had, I had an idea, but I had no knowledge, but now I, I feel like I have a good starting approach And now I'm kind of in my educational phase in this media buying world of, all right, three days of data comes in. Now what? Then the next three days of data comes in. Now what? And I mean, I feel like as a media buyer being in this world, that journey of education and optimization never ends. 
You're always mm -hmm. constantly improving, constantly learning, constantly learning from the, the experts and the mentors and people that have been in this world because they're also learning. So you kind of work and learn from each other, especially as the landscape of all this online ad stuff continues to evolve. Yeah, that is for sure. It's changing <laughs> all the time. It was interesting. I like the uh, I liked you the phrase you used. Um, you look for the waste, and I think that's a the Japanese have a have a term for that, and uh, it's called muda, and it's uh, and it, that's literally Japanese for waste. And it's it it came to prominence because with the Toyota production system, right, where they and how Toyota became the number one car manufacturer in the world and really revolutionized all production. That was the thing that they did. They looked at their system and they said, Where's the biggest waste point right now? Where's the weak let's go and fix just that and figure that out. And then let's stand back and reassess and let's have a look at it. Where's the waste point? And I often think about, you know, I often think about the media buying as a factory, like a, as a, as a, 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 you know, a line in a factory. And if you look, take that thing and you go, okay, well, where is this breaking down? And let's go and zoom in on that point and then see what happens. And that iteration process, that constant improvement is super, you know, is super important. Hey Scott, let me ask you another question. This is this is sort of one without notice. Sure. Is like as you look forward, where what do you see? What's interesting you in media buying as you look forward? What's exciting as we look forward to next year and and beyond? What what are you interested in sort of learning or trying or what what areas uh, or just areas of marketing that you're particularly interested in right now for you, for you and your clients? Talk about a broad question, so thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would say I really think, you know, yes, you can master one network. But mm. when you have a, master, a mastery of multiple networks and you know how to layer the traffic across each network for, this, for the ultimate outcome, mm. I will always be pursuing how do I marry Facebook with a YouTube ad on top of the Google Display Network? with mm. retargeting, with pixels, with, you know, just the ultimate, I, I wouldn't say like the God skill set optimization, I guess would be yeah. a, a way to say it of saying, okay, the initial traffic spike at the top is going to be in Facebook. And mm. then we're going to retarget that, that with YouTubes. And then we're going to close the sale on display, you know, yeah. and architecting those kind of machines, because it becomes a machine, you know, yeah. and, Nice. The layman person that I talk to people with that say, what's a media buyer? I go, mm. I'm going to be very simple with you, sir. It's place ads, print money. And that <laughs> process in the middle is the front and the middle and the last is where I fit in with the person who's spending the money. And yeah. the, the best clients that I work with, no matter who they are in whatever industry, it's the, mm. the owners that understand that this is a process this isn't a silver bullet 24 hour fix yep. and that they're willing to commit to, okay, Scott, I know that whether I hire you or I hire John or I hire Sally, the process that I'm going to go through is going to be the same, no matter what. It's mm -hmm. just, who do you feel the most comfortable with going through that process to make this work? Yeah. And that's the thing. It's data comes in. Okay. Here's what happened. This is what we're going to do next. Next three days of data comes in. What's next? So, mm -hmm. To fully answer your question, it's becoming more masterful at building those machines across multiple networks at once.
with the yeah. pixels and all the retargeting. Because if I'm going to do anything, I'm going to do it to the very best, you know, just to kind of as a little aside to that point. In the past, a lot of the way that we were building our lead lists with the people that I was working with was through content marketing. And mm -hmm. I had this concept of let's layer and leverage the way the content pushes through. So it was like, okay, we have the content coming through Twitter network doing this. We have content through Facebook groups doing this, content through this. And I would be able to go into the analytics in Google and go, okay, where's the traffic sources? What's working? What's causing the next thing to create the next wave? So, you know, we would have like back in the day when dig.com was around and you mm. could possibly get a piece of content, which I have onto the front page of dig, you could get anywhere between 50 to over a million views in 48 hours. Mm. And I was thinking like, okay, so that traffic's going to come from dig. What's the next step they're going to take? Where are they going to go next? How is it going to keep self-fulfilling itself? Yeah. So I use that same kind of thinking inside of the media buying stuff. And as I gather more knowledge and gather more skill set in each individual network, I know over time building that system with the multiple networks only is going to be more clear going forward. Yeah. And, and it's a safety mechanism as well, right? Because, you know, things have, as we record this with the, uh, the U.S. elections have sort of just been in the, the, the recent past. And, you know, Facebook just started banning accounts three, three or four days. And it was a as it turned out, as we learn in ad skills very quickly, and I, and I feel sorry for media buyers that weren't in the ad skills universe because they didn't, they, they spent, of course, these things happen on a weekend, of course, to make it absolutely worse. You know, just hundreds of thousands of ad accounts just shut down. And if you're a one trick pony and that trick is Facebook, then that's a real problem. You know, that's the taps turned off. Whereas if you have a multi-network approach, right, the Google stuff will still be working. The YouTube stuff will be still working. The TikTok stuff will be still working. You know, it's and it's a great safety mechanism. There was one one thing that you said there, which was finding clients that are prepared to under. That, that's right. I think you said that it wasn't a silver bullet. That they understood it wasn't a silver bullet. Is there something that you do in the sales process to sort of weed out that type of silver bullet style client? Is there is there something that you look out for? Is it or is it more something that you get a feel of as you start working with them? So I would say that that comes in the first couple conversations, and I mm -hmm. even say to them, "Look, John." You can hire me, you can hire John, you can hire Sally. No yeah. matter whether you hire me or any of them, you, the process that we're going to go down is going to be the same. And here's what that process looks like. Yeah. If you're cool and you're committed to that process, because that's how I choose to operate, this is a commitment to a process with data, iteration, trial and error, stuff's not going to work. You get to choose who you get to work with. And if you feel in our initial conversations that we're having, it's you want to go down that path with me, I would love the opportunity to serve you that way. Yeah. So that's kind of how I address that. Because, yeah, like, you know, if they're, if they're on the phone saying, I need this, this thing's broken, my blah, 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 yeah. blah. You can tell they're just, I have a pain and I need to solve it. Yeah. But, you know, I'd love to work with those owners that are like, no, I know what, this is a th at least a three to six month journey to figure out what's going to crush. Yeah. And there's going to be a lot that doesn't work. But the one thing that does work, we can scale it to 1,000, yeah. 10,000, 20,000 or more per day. And we can mm -hmm. get three, four, five times the ad spend in revenue or leads or whatever the metric is. Yeah. Um, that's the kind of client I'm really looking to serve in yeah. the big picture. 
That is fantastic, Scott. Thank you so much for that. And speaking of serving clients, hey, uh, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you if they're, if they're uh, interested in having a discussion? Absolutely. The best way to do it is go to mediabuyerscott.com. That's media buyer as in media buyer. My name's yep. Scott, S-C-O-T-T.com. And you can <laughs> go there, fill out the, the contact form. It's a very yep. simple, minimalistic website. Um, my contact info is there and all that stuff. So, um, you know, if, I'm, if my client list is full, I obviously have a waiting list. But yep. at the same time, you know, uh, we will work through whatever we got to work through and figure out a way to work together if it's a good fit. Yeah, nice. I, I love that. And of course, as always, if you happen to be watching this on YouTube, um, all, all of Scott's contact details will be in the description below, uh, along with a link to the Jumpstart program, which is the program that uh, Scott used to bring media buying as a as another tool to his belt during uh, COVID, which is just uh, fantastic. And then just yeah, just and if you're on a podcast player, of course, uh, if you know if you're out walking the dogs or whatever you happen to be doing, then just you know, swipe. Uh, left or right, depending on your podcast player of choice, and you'll click on the link. Click on the link there, and you'll be able to jump in to see uh, Scott's stuff there as well. So, Scott, thank you very, very much for today. That was a really insightful call, and just goes to show that you know adding that media buyer skill set is something that you can do. You got clients quickly in the middle of a pandemic which is amazing and and I just uh, and we can't wait to be working with you further in the uh, as part of the ad skills family. No, it's really a great to be a part of it. You guys um, have built an amazing network. I lean on you guys, you know, many many times when things show up and I don't know. So, yep. you know, if there's anybody that's listening to this that is considering maybe making the plunge, I would just say personally, I have no regrets whatsoever and the community is always going to be there for me and going forward and Justin's awesome and everything. So little plug for you guys there have been nothing Thanks, but great. <laughs> and um, thank you again for having me on this. I'm so happy to be able to do this with you guys and add value. And, you know, hopefully something I said on this actually helps somebody think differently about something that's going to help their business. Oh, look, there's at least two or three of those, I think, <laughs> uh, which, which were just fantastic. Hey, awesome. Scott, thank you very much. And we'll, we'll see you around the traps. Absolutely. Ed. Thank you so much. Have a good day. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.